What the hell are you doing here? I was about to have a tender moment with my son, and you interrupted. Why? I know you seem a little mad that I'm out here, but I don't know why. I went through a lot of trouble today decorating your office. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to find a unicorn in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it's not easy, Vince. But honestly, I just came out here to congratulate you. I mean, I realize you've slept with some trolls back in the day. But I didn't realize you also slept with elves, fairies, and hobgoblins. I've never slept with fairies. <laughs> You've never slept with fairies, Vince? That's not what I read on the internet. <laughs> Let's get, please, can you just move this along? You see, Vince, I understand that you're upset. After all, you're... You're Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You're the genetic jackhammer. But, Vince, it seems that somewhere along the way, the genetic jackhammer had a little too much genetic jack Daniels <laughs> and forgot to genetically jack off and then ended up here standing in this ring in front of the whole world as the genetic jack ass Ooh. <laughs> This podcast is scheduled for one fall with a 60 minute time limit coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds. Recording to you from Gold's Gym in Greenwich, Connecticut. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is this is Bobby B, the five star podcasting machine. And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. I know we have a lot to get into, but um, this just broke right now. Um, Dodger great Vince Scully passed away. Did you oh. hear about that? No, it literally just did. It just happened, like right now. So, yeah. 94, though, not a bad run. No, that was a, it was a good run. And he was well, pretty crazy. Surprised. Like, talk about coming in thirds, right? We just lost Bill Russell. That's right. That's I right. Mean, these are two icons of... of you know, sport, they're sports, century sports. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's going to be a third, I guess. I but mean, it, do you think it was Ivana? Ivana probably was the first. She was the first then. Yeah. Because that's usually how it works out, right? Yeah. Well, then, you know, All Vin, RIP right. Vin, we'll get into the, we'll deal with Vin next week. That's right. That's right. Because we have some other issues to talk about. We have just finished and off our got off, gone off the heels of um, Summerfest, Summer Slam, I should say. Yeah, it's hard to keep it track. What these uh, are they? So I mean, are they still premium live events? Yes, they Have are. We established that yet? They are premium live events. So they're going to keep it that I believe. But we had some nice. What did you think of SummerSlam? Um, I I was happy with it. I guess like um, kind of start at the top at the we'll go at the end of the show. That match sucked. I I was not I was bored with the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. It went like 40 minutes, which is about 30 minutes too long. Um, The gimmicks, everything. It it just I mean, it wasn't even close to their best match. It wasn't even close to a match I wanted to see. Like it didn't really do it for me. Um, But I think the way the rest of the show went (laughs) was was pretty solid, to be honest. Yeah, I don't really share that. Um, opinion, but I thought it was somewhat entertaining, but the rest of the mat, like you said, the rest of the card made up for it. Um, I thought pretty much almost all the matches were good. Even like I really enjoyed Logan Paul and Miz and then Pat McAfee and happy Corbin. Those were my favorites. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I wasn't like super engrossed in watching it with a fine tooth. I read something that, there were some issues with the ropes, I guess. Oh, I didn't. I they didn't were loose that. and slippery. I didn't notice that, but I, apparently that was one of the reasons that uh, McAfee had some issues during their match. But I agree. Like, honestly, I like Pat McAfee and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But like Logan Paul has the look, the oh, frog yeah. splash onto the freaking announcer's table. Like he's a specimen. He's athletic. He certainly can talk. So. Yeah. I mean, and he brings he brings an audience with them. So that's, for WWE, it's like a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, he looked really good, and I mean, you're gonna look good too when AJ Styles is training you. And then on top of that, he was using some ring psychology too in certain spots. So um, props to him. I'm not the biggest fan of whatever he does, but in the wrestling ring, he was not bad at all for his you know second go, second or third go. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I thought both women's matches were good. Yep, yep. Um, what did you think I, of the uh, questionable finish to the Liv Morgan Rousey match? Um, I think it's good. I think it's a good way to build to uh, give some nuance to Liv's character. I think yeah. they pumped it a little too hard. The I'm dedicated to wrestling. She's at home with her baby. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's not, that's not a compelling story. So I, now there's like a nice little, you know, chink in her armor, I guess, as far as the baby face goes. And obviously they wanted to write Ronda Rousey off of TV for a while. Right. I mean, so that's why she attacked the ref. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, What did you think though of this? After 
Bianca Belair and uh, Bex wrestled. We had the return of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai, all in a stable, apparently. Um. Yeah, I mean, the three Valkyries of, of the Helmsley house, the house of Helmsley, I guess. Yeah, I thought I it mean, was cool. Like I've been waiting for Bailey to come back. Obviously, she got injured training. Um, we've talked a lot about how much how impressed we were with her and Sasha Banks holding down so much during the pandemic, and so it is cool to see her back. Uh, seeing two of the people I used to thoroughly enjoy on NXT when NXT was worth watching, also coming back was very cool. And I just think that you know. It, Depth is really important in the women's division. Absolutely. And And so um, bringing in all three of those ladies are very excellent in the ring. And they can be, they can all be in main programs, all three of them. So, I mean, I eventually turn on each other and have a good feuds there too. You know, there it is. That's all their plan. So, and I like it because, uh, I think they're doing a good job of, looking at where they were deficient and starting, I think starting with the women's division is the right move because they hadn't invested really anything of recently with it. It was basically just kind of uh, moving along based on the, the real star power of like Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair and, you know, that stuff. And now it's like, we're going to get a lot more talent in there and we're going to be able to see, better matches. We're not going to see the same people over and over. Hopefully we're not going to see the same feuds that we've been watching for the last what year. It seems, I mean, yeah. So really I, excited I, about that. Yeah. I agree with that. I thought that was a good move because that was one of the places they were very deficient in. Um, also too, I just wanted to mention that Austin theory did a, did a faux cash in. On uh, we did, what did you think of that? Did you think that was necessary? That match had so much shit going on in it. Like, I didn't think that was too necessary to have him tease a cash in. No, I, I, any like, it was lame. <laughs> like, it was just it was like he ran down and Brock Lesnar saw him f five him, and then at some point Roman Reigns like hit him again and he just laid on the floor. Whereas. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have been killing each other for 25 minutes. <laughs> like, And it's like one F5 and one smash and he's done. It's like, you know, right. I thought it hurt him more. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with this. Like, I, I don't think that was the best decision of um, giving him money in the bank. Like, he's, he's not there yet, I don't think. No, don't another know. money in the bank squandered, man. I mean, they could have like, easily given that to Matt Riddle. They um, should have given it to Matt Riddle. Yeah, and it, it would have made sense. Like I don't, it doesn't make sense with Austin Theory winning the belt, the Money in the Bank then, and it sure as hell doesn't make any sense now. So I hope they can right the ship with that. But um, yeah, um, and I think maybe the reality is like they need to find a way for him to cash in and lose, right? Which they know? can do. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, but. You know, I like that. I think other high points. I really enjoyed the Usos Street Profits match. It wasn't their best, but it was still it, good. It, it was good, but too like with Reigns and Lesnar, too many times for me. It's too many yeah. times, and that's another thing. It's due to their lack of depth in the tag team division. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see these same guys fighting all the time. I hope this is the end of it. But I mean, I just where the Usos goes from here, where the street profits go. It's just like you're they're booked in corners on a lot of things. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and then I, you know, talk about the lack of depth in the tag team division. Well, part of it is because they ruined the judgment day. And like, I, I'm, I'm fine with the Mysterios and a mid card, maybe an upper mid card. Yeah, that's fine. But I know I'm not like, I'm not tuning in because Ray and Dom are going to be wrestling Finn and uh, Damian priest, you know, it's definitely not. uh, So that was, that was, that was probably, you know, like I said, overall, I think considering there was some real high points and I think those high points have a lot of people, probably me included, excited about some changes that we may see over this next the end of the year programming as we move into um, shit. What's the one? In, what's the next big one? The next big one would be Survivor Series. Yeah, as as far as like the big four. Yeah, and then from Survivor Series we go into kind of. WrestleMania programming. Yeah, because then there's there's one more pay-per-view in December, and then we get what's it called? Day one, then Royal Rumble. But um anyways, it brings me to my point though. What grade would you give Triple H on his first production of a premium live event? You know, it's hard to say because he inherited a lot of this stuff, like he inherited theory. Like, but you know what I mean? But he had so to call I think what happened though. Like sure. I mean, I guess uh chicken salad out of chicken shit. There, there you I go. Mean, this was so much better than the last pay-per-view. Oh, easily. You know, I guess there were uh so like I said, high points, loved it as far as a grade. I'm giving him a solid uh B plus. Um <laughs> so you know it's hard to get an A, especially when your competition has been consistently producing excellent pay-per-views true and not just AEW, but also impact impact. Yeah. And JPW. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, and I think a lot of that great also comes from like optimism about where, where things can go and what we can see coupled with their P, uh, TV 14, the move to the TV 14 rating. So, yeah, I read that, um, triple H, what he's going to be doing is he's going to, loosen up a lot of their restrictions that was their words so like they're talking about promos and matches not everything's going to be like booked like you know so meticulously and i think that's a good thing and that'll make that'll bring out these guys from being not not being so much robotic but just like doing the same shit with a different face you know yeah, yeah. I, I read that too. And, and a lot of the talent seems very happy. A lot of people who don't work for the company anymore have said like, maybe this could open the door for me to go back or other other talents to go back. So overall, Triple H did put his fingerprints on the product. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as we move forward with, with what's going on. And the other thing too is he has like, this is like a weird time of year because we're going to have another one of those blood money things in Saudi Arabia. Yep. We're doing the Clash of the Castle. That's right. Which is in the UK. So it's just going to be interesting to see like who's going to actually be on TV regularly. Um, 
So, but it looks like things to get excited about. Uh, I don't know what they're going to call the stable, but Bailey and Eosky and Dakota Kai, awesome. Um, Edge, like he's back. He's going to be going after the Judgment Day, so that that'll be entertaining. Looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to see where the whole um, like re. So you didn't watch Raw, but. Champa has a title shot for the U.S. title versus okay. last year, so that's Triple H, like 100 yeah, percent Triple H. That is, and uh, so like I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing more people on TV, not seeing so many of the same people all the time, and right. seeing where how he can figure out how to make this roster work a little bit better. Yeah, I heard some good things about Raw too. How they like segment wise they had a segment that went into something and then the segment would pick up the previous segment would pick up you know a little bit later instead of having like just one segment after another so it kind of gave the show more of a flow than just being really like did you notice that or not yeah one thing i thought was really awesome is because obviously a lot of what they're doing is they're recapping the pay-per-view and so they had all these things where like they would be showing a moment and like it would just go black yeah like and the count of three three one two three and then like, like you'd hear the crowd yell and like when becky lynch was doing her opening um promo monologue and it like would go black like a solid like you know solid black screen just and then would come back like i thought that was really good and uh i think that you know we he's got time but he doesn't have that much time. No, true. So he needs to get shit rolling and get things set up. And, you know, what will help him is later on in this show, we're going to give him blueprint. There we go. All right. So enough WWE stuff for now. Let's move on to AEW. Yeah, man. Have Like, what have you been? Have you been catching up with it? It seems like um the you know obviously the news has really been focusing on the uh, trials and tribulations of one vince k mcmahon right but no, Tony i caught Khan dynamite motion i caught dynamite did you, catch, did you catch any of rampage no i didn't catch that yeah i liked dynamite dynamite was good no that's uh, it was good um shit it was so long ago let me see what i can bring up here Yeah, the so we talked about the first week of Fight for the Fallen at the last show, right? Yeah, was this Fighter Fest? Yeah, fi- this yes. was Fighter Fest, right? Yeah, from July twenty seventh. Yeah, so we had. Uh... Wait a minute, I got the I got the previous week though. I need to get the because the last week was with um, Orange Cassidy. Fight for, and Wardlow, fight for right? the fight for the fallen was fight, Wednesday. Fight for the fallen. Okay, right. the uh, The last time we talked, I think we talked about the two, the two weeks of Fighter Fest, which resulted in that's the, right. Um, all of that stuff and and 
yeah, I thought it was good. I thought um, the uh, yeah, John Moxley and Roosh. Yeah, that was a good match. And then, um, oh yeah, this is the why I wanted to bring find it. Powerhouse House Hobbs turns on Ricky Starks after Hook defeats him beats for him the for the FTW title. And uh, <laughs> I liked how Taz was torn in the commentary. He didn't know who to, he was rooting for Hook, but he liked Ricky too. But um, this is great for Ricky Starks though, because this is exactly what he needed, and that promo he cut was great, and. I mean, you, I've sung Ricky Starks' praises like forever, so that's nothing new here. But um, And then we had a – what else do we have here? We, we had, had Jungle Boy cutting a fairly pedestrian promo, but I think he used some dirty words, so people liked it. People liked it, yep. You know, because Jungle Boy's over and Christian's just breathes fire with his savage oh, promos. Man. He's just, yeah, still hitting them. Like even backstage, and then the what did you think of the main event? Um, that was the Thunder Rosa. No, match? it was uh, Brian Danielson against Daniel Garcia. Oh, and BD lost. Yeah, he lost. I, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was I, good. I guess Garcia should go over, but like they have to be careful with how they play this because Brian or Danielson just can't be losing to everyone. Because he just came off a loss to Chris Jericho, and then he lost to Garcia. Yeah, but that was shady because Jake Hager grabbed his foot. True, but still the dusty the the lazy booking of the dusty ending, right? It's just it's lazy, and it's it like is. it's you know let either one of them win decisive, well, you know, decisively, and then pick it up because they're obviously still feuding with Jericho Appreciation Society, so we're going to see more of this stuff as the weeks go by. I'm just tired of it. Like I said, I didn't care less, um, which sucks because I like black cool combat club. So I'm going to be forced to sit through these segments with Jericho appreciation, which I do not enjoy. Yeah, but that's, what's cool is because on Friday, um, we had, uh, Yuda kind of pull a fast one over on Jericho. What happened on what happened on that? So they bring out Claudio Castagnoli. The crowd's obviously hot for him. He comes Ring of Honor champion. Everyone's hot. And he introduces Wheeler Yuta because he's the pure wrestling champion, right? He's the pure wrestling champion. Yeah. And so Yuta comes out, and then Jericho is on commentary, comes out and starts yipping. And Yuta's like, I I can beat you, Chris Jericho. And and you've got Claudio and you've got um Oh man, and I can't believe William Regal in the ring. And they're just like, oh, you could totally be Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho goes crazy, crazy. And finally, he ends up with Yuda. He goes, fine, you and me, uh, Wednesday Dynamite. And Wheeler goes, no, I, I don't want the match. I know I can beat you. I do. And he goes crazy. He goes, fine. On Wednesday, the stipulation is if you beat me, you get my title shot, interim title shot against Moxley. Oh. So. They did that, which I liked because I like Yuta and I think he needs more time than Jericho does right now. Yeah, but Jericho's probably going to win this match because they're not going to give a title shot to Yuta. So they just gave that away with the stipulation. Yeah. 
Like I don't, I hate when they do that. Honestly, it's just, it's, it, it just, it takes any disbelief away or belief away that Utah's going to win, especially with how they're booking Jericho. Like Jericho's been coming up on top of the last three matches he's had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, the stick is, I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like who are they 2.0 or whatever they are. Oh yeah. And, and I know that it's good for Garcia, but I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if he necessarily needs this type of treatment to get over. I think he's fine on his own. You know, I guess he needs a mouthpiece like Jericho cause he can't really talk on the mic, but if they just make him an ass kicker, then it could be, it could work. But Daniel Garcia, I didn't, I don't know. He's pretty vanilla. He's good. He's real good in the ring, but he's just so goddamn vanilla. Like you put him and Danielson next to each other. And it's funny because people have accused Brian of being vanilla, but um, you put them together. Danielson has so much more natural charisma than Daniel Garcia does. Dude, don't you, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I like, they're still kind of thin, you know, it's weird. Like you just got Brian Danielson back, but still no Kenny Omega, no Omega, no punk. Yeah. And that's like, those are two big, big dudes in the locker room. Right. Uh, it was funny. Cause Betty rebel, I made her watch it with me. And, um, she was like, uh, she was, uh, I made her watch the, they did like one of the acclaimed music videos uh-huh. and she was like beside herself. Like, what the fuck is this? I was like, don't worry. It's funny. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> He's got bars. He's got bars. Uh, and then I think right after that or soon thereafter we watched, Oh, I think after that it was the uh, Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel, which was a solid match of just like a solid vet and a, and an up and comer, I guess. I think Moriarty's probably a little bit more than an up and comer, but yeah. That's how they're kind of presenting him with this whole Stokely Hathaway thing. Yeah, he looks like he he's going to be next in line to be in that clique, which is good for him because yeah, it's fine, you know. And then, um, but then we watched the Ruby Soho and Anna J match, and she was not impressed. Oh, that dumpster fire! Yeah, but she also we had watched um, we'd also watched the. Uh, the WWE on SmackDown did their classic lazy booking where, you know, they put Ronda Rousey and um, Liv Morgan in a tag team, oh, you know, course. and she made the comment. She goes, Roundy, Ro- Ronda Rousey's face looks like she's thinking about what she should be doing while everybody is actually doing what they should. Yeah, be doing. that's exactly. And I was like, hit it right on the head, man. Spot on. That's so spot on. She's thinking of everything. Unless she's throwing an arm bar. Yeah. Well, you have to think about it too, but you know, when you're um, in mixed martial arts, you do have to think of every move. You have to think like three steps ahead and which is hard. Why it's hard for some of them to transition into wrestling and make it good. But like, I don't know. It's just not Rousey's thing. Cause you have guys like angle and even Hager you know, who can, who adapted well to it. Ken Shamrock was really good when he was in WWE. So maybe this is just not, not her thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I understand that too, especially when you're in, you know, from my understanding of, you know, jujitsu and shit. I mean, you're, it's a chess match. Yeah. You know, this one, you're just going off the fly and, you know, reading each other, reading the crowd and stuff like that. And maybe she just doesn't adapt to it. Like her moves are good. They look clean, but she just, she's just clunky. Like the yeah. rebel said, she thinks about it too much. And then that's what fucks her over. Yeah. Anna Jay is kind of the same way too. And, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of, and Anna Jay's green though. Like she still looks. Yeah. Green. She still like, doesn't know what she's doing really. So, but that was just interesting. I like that. I told, I told, uh, Betty rebels like next time we watch wrestling, I'm just bringing the mic out and we're just going to have, you're just going to have to, we'll just get commentary and we can present that to the, to the folks at home. Right. But um, let's hear about this impact emergence pay-per-view. Like, uh, yeah, so so it's their next pay-per-view, and we talk about impact as obviously the the little engine that keeps on trucking. And um, they've brought in a bunch of the Ring of Honor talent. So they've got the rosters kind of filled out a little bit, and they've included, they've gotten um, and the run of the reasons I really wanted to uh, get caught up on it is because uh Kushida's Signed with Impact. Oh, that's right. So we've got Kushida, and we're building to the uh, the pay per view. And so every they have uh, you can subscribe to their YouTube channel and get full episodes. They're also on Access TV. It's Thursday nights. Um, they've got you know we've talked about a lot. I mean, for instance, this last week they had uh, an Eddie Edwards Ace Austin match, oh, which nice. is really good. Um, they also, we had one of my favorites, your favorites, um, Trey Miguel, uh, wrestling with Laredo kid. Oh, wow. Versus Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice. And that was fun. That sounds that was really good. fun. Um, you know, I didn't even know about Laredo kid until he wrestled in AEW. Right. He's good. He's really good. Um, and then they had, uh, So they're setting up for um, this kind of like feud with uh, Josh Alexander and they've got Cheryl with Rajing and it's all coming up. I think they're going to have a title match. I'm trying to find it. It's hard when you look through the... Um, try to find the uh recap on impact because it's all all of their tweets are like inner 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 spaced yeah um but there's the title's going to be online at uh at the pay-per-view and then they're building up kind of this uh they had a really good match with kushida and rich swan and it was his first uh his first actual match i think um, and that was, that was to go down, but, uh, they've just got like a lot of stuff going on. It looks like, um, Ty Valkyrie is going to be with Rosemary, uh, to challenge for the, uh, tag titles. And then we're going to have Mia Yim and Jordan Grace for the knockout champions, which I think will both be good women's matches. Right, right. Aren't Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie the knockouts champions? 
Um, I don't think so. Yeah, because they just won. They just won Ring of Honor, I thought, right? Or she did. No, she won the Ring of the Reina de Reina's title and the Ring of Honor title. And then I think uh, Taya and Rosemary won won the tag team titles because they beat uh, the Inspirate, not the Inspiration, but the the Influence or something like that. That's uh, Emma and Madison Rain. Or her name's yeah. not Emma anymore. It's uh, I forget what her name is. She's wrestling under. But anyways, yeah. But but yeah, I don't know. Now I'm all confused. So sorry, listeners. I recommend you check out Impact. You could go to their website and fill me in. Try to try to figure out these hieroglyphics. Because um, Rosemary is going to be wrestling Donna uh, Donna Perazzo in singles. Okay. Um. And then I think that they're going to tie from what I understand that Taya Valkyrie is going to be there and they are going to go for the tag titles, but I'm not sure. And then the last thing I do want to say is that um, Sammy Callahan uh, continues to make his presence felt. And it was a really cool, it was a really cool moment where um, after uh, Alexander won his match and Shara is still laid out um he and he's like sings like i'm not leaving until they get justice lights go out sammy account like it comes out and just spikes him with a cactus driver 97 nice. like yeah uh, and then he's like just count does his callahan thing on the mic but it's just he's such a treasure yeah and um i just looked it up rosemary and ty valkyrie are the knockouts champions so. knockout champions okay. tag team champions but um yes good job well, step boy <laughs> I, it was bothering me. So I was like, cause like, I, I didn't think they would lose like that quick, but anyways, speaking of going out on top. Yeah. We had Ric Flair's in quotes, final match. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, like for a second there, I thought it was going to be his final, final match, but apparently he was just, he was just faking his heart attack. Yeah. That was, that was a little weird. I read, I read a little bit about it. He did all the Ric Flair stuff in the match, and uh, he that's good, yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad it was a tag team match because I thought initially it was just going to be him by himself. I was like, man, that's going to be a disaster. So it was him and Andrade versus Jeff Jarrett and who? Jay Lethal, because Flair's right. been training with Lethal. That's when he got kind of got all back into this idea that he that at 73 years old, the pacemaker, he should be taking bumps. Right, he bled. He bled, like I said, all the Ric Flair stuff. All the Ric Flair stuff. And uh, in the end, he cashed in on in a figure four yep. for the victory. Hopefully so, this is the last of the last of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because, like, his family was all there. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Undertaker was there. Uh, Foley. Yeah. There's a bunch of people. The Mysterios were there. So, I mean... You know, it's it's one of those things like when do you tell an athlete they can't go anymore? And a lot of sports, it just goes by them yeah. because they start sucking and then they look old and it's like, cool, you got to retire. But like it it takes a little bit different context when you're talking about combat sports. And, I, and you know, we've talked it, you know, wrestling is not necessarily a combat sport in the fact that you don't know, you know, you're in a 
a real fisticuff, but it's a combat sport in that your body is taking the same types of beating, your head injuries and all the different things that we've seen these wrestlers go through. And it's like, you could die. <laughs> like oh, yeah. You could die. You're not going to die just because, I mean, maybe just because Steph Curry crosses you up and you're old, you know, but like this, it's like Rick Claire, Rick Flair, there was a legitimate chance that he could die. And multiple ways too. Like, yeah. From a heart attack or from like, you know, I know these guys would protect him, but like maybe something was wrong on his end and he lands wrong. And so it's just all that stuff. Those are all things that could happen. And I'm glad they didn't. But, you know, sometimes you got to know. But also don't don't tempt fate either. Like just because they didn't this time. No, that's what. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, you know, hopefully he got that out. It's glad to see him go out on top and safely. And um, maybe this is it, it for Ric Flair. Yeah, well, either way. Woo! There we go. And then number five to round this out. Yes, we're talking about the full reset that's in motion. We talked about it a little bit, starting with the female division. WWE is looking to make some big creative changes. It seems. Yeah. They, they just re they just kind of shuffled the division. They put Bex as a baby face. They brought back daily EO sky. I should say now. And Dakota Kai, that's a stable. They turned Ronda heel. Like, but it, it feel like a lot of it's uh very heel heavy. Cause you got Natty. You also got Lacey Evans. That's but like, but side. is Natty really a heel? Like, I mean, in the, on the show, she is. I don't know. Like, I feel she's kind of like a tweener because it's like, what I don't know. She, what did she do that was baby face ish? No, but it's not like she's putting the ref in an arm bar or anything. It's like, well, yeah, Rhonda went. He, yeah, I guess yeah, I can see what that's going. But and then the say and the, for the sake of the show, she's a heel. So they need to turn some other people. I know Bex is on Raw, but this is the start. I just to who they should be switching out and stuff like that. I think most of the attention is going to be towards Bailey and uh, her group versus Bianca Belair and Bex. Yeah, yeah, and that's good because Bianca Belair. They kind of botched her last championship run. Right. So it would seem like this maybe is a good time to get it right and give her a little bit more of a run. I think they're really missing Sasha Banks and Naomi. Yeah, especially Sasha Banks. Charlotte's going to be back soon. Well, not not missing her, but she's going to be back. She doesn't need to rush back. Bailey's back. We've got, but it's also like, she can't be a face. She's the most boring face on the history of the planet. Yeah, so she's going to come back. She's a heel. She'll be on SmackDown, almost guaranteeing you that she'll take the title off Liv Morgan. And then, uh, yeah, so there's just not – they got to they gotta do some switching around some more. They need more baby faces. Yeah, I mean, like – and they made Lacey Evans a heel. Which is we- which we've discussed that that was weird. Right, because she didn't even like do anything as a face except for kind of like four promos. Yep. So look at this. Then, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You you go first. 
No, because it was all mixed up. There's they mixed it up. Okay, because I was gonna look at the raw roster for the women. And uh there's oh, these are all the males. So on we're talking about women's women, women's so um it's um Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Bailey, Bex, Bianca Belair, Carmella, Dakota Kai, Dana Brooke. Dewdrop, Eosky, Nikki Ash, Zelina, Rhea Ripley, Tamina. I didn't even know Tamina was on Raw. I haven't seen Tamina wrestle in fucking forever. Right. Yeah. So, so Raw, Asuka, she was on Raw last night, I believe. Yeah. And then Bailey, Becky Lynch is off for a while. Bianca Belair will be featured. Dakota Kai, obviously. Um, Dewdrop makes her appearances every now and then. Right. Ripley is kind of busy. She's busy, so she won't. Yeah. And there's Alexa Bliss. Which they need to give her that fucking doll. The doll. I know. And then and on SmackDown, we've got really like, I mean, Liv Morgan, Natalia. Yep. Rousey, Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, when was the last time she wrestled? I don't know. Shotzi, Shotzi wrestled last. Shotzi wrestled yeah. last night. Yeah, that's a real thin on there on the SmackDown. Yeah, side. that's real. Which thin. is, I think, why they brought brought in Dakota Kai and EO Sky. To the main yeah, roster. but they're going to be part of Raw. No, I know, but it's like, but now maybe, are we going to start? When do we do the draft? That is that after WrestleMania? I think so. Mm. Not that it matters. They just move people. All yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that was just the start. I don't even know how we would switch that up. I would have to put bring people to different sides, but we're going to get more into switching it up, not wrestler per wrestler, but just the whole in general. But um, before we get into that, I just want to say, if you are looking for a fresh hat or a fresh design or awesome pins, take your ass to the capologist there on Instagram or on the capologist.com. And get yourself a hat and tell them the WrestleOcalypse sent you. Live or die, man. Shit, pop you with the biscuit, cut you in a brisket, fuck you to misfit, fuck you. He said I wished it. Like kid twist with the ice pick, jigging you, sticking you sickly quickly, bitch. Cause I ain't digging you. Put your gutter roll like a butter roll, blood a flood a pool, fuck your slut, nut in a hole. Tortured on mortuary slabs, coronary stabs, extraordinary, the more the merrier, you're inferior. Barrier, execute you, bitch, shoot you in the tits. It's the hoochie coochie man, kicking brutal shit. Recruit the set, got two pits, playing Saluji with your dick, volcanic like Fuji. Contusions on your skull, rep Brooklyn like a Coogee. Shit bird, get beheaded like Dick Bird, dead did you herb, human flesh turd, blood red on the curb. My Saturday night special splatter your brain, send you to the church of the Latter-day Saints to the box, scatter the remains. Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, and the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? 
Cool shit. All right, and cool shit always starts off with motherfucking mailbag. Yeah, right, boys. Special delivery. Go. Jumping into this. Boring James Milner asks. <clears throat> On last week's episode, you guys mentioned wrestlers who would slash wouldn't do well outside of WWE. I was just curious if you guys could state specifics on who these wrestlers are on both sides of the aisle. Well, that's um, interesting because a lot of guys in WWE now are from outside of the WWE. So, and we've seen how a lot of them have done, you know, with your Finn Balor's, AJ Styles um matt riddle so those are the guys who would do well in wwe well well is arbitrary as mr finn Balor seems to like to count the lights or they like to have him count the lights but um, as far as guys who wouldn't who i don't see would do well outside like the miz but like he could he could probably like ring wise he wouldn't but he could, if he wanted to, he could double down on that and just just piss people off in the crowd, and so that would make him over and successful there. Um, as far as someone who wouldn't, uh, this is hard because you know, this is a hard question. What do you think? Well, I think. <clears throat> well, I like where you're going with the Miz. Um, I think it's. I think one of the things that makes it hard is, like thinking about a wrestler outside of what they're doing in WWE. Like Sami Zayn's shtick works really good in WWE. I don't necessarily know if it was work, work as good as another in another promotion. Right, right. now, granted, yes, El Generico, Sami Zayn is a fantastic wrestler, salt of the earth person, but like, I don't know how that gimmick would, how he could transfer that gimmick. I think we know because of his stature as an independent wrestler in his history. Um, and like Sheamus can't wrestle anywhere else. No. Roman I mean, Reigns couldn't wrestle anywhere else. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like they would just have to get they double down on getting having to get heat from where they came from. But if we're talking about just in ring, I don't think I think Sheamus more so. But Reigns, I don't think he'd be able to hang with a lot of the guys. Just because his, his pace match, is so freaking slow. And that's what slow. killed me about that match. Dude. It's formulaic. It's just like, it's yeah. I, I don't understand how people can get into that, but I can't you know really who wouldn't go, do well. Who's Cody that? Rhodes. Oh yeah. He wouldn't do well outside or wouldn't do well outside or in WWE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> the, uh, uh the, the, the thing it's a it's a tough question and i think what we really have to look at is like there is an era of style of wwe that is really wwe centric um and then like like xander said they've really blurred the lines because you just look at these rosters and it's like you know all of the like ricochet like he doesn't work in wwe um for whatever reason and all of these different indie indie guys who have made their way. And I don't even see Kevin Owens on this. There he is. Okay. You know, Kevin Owens, for instance, I don't know if, he, I don't know if at this point in his career, he's going, he's trying to strap it up and go, no, go to, you know, the indies again. No, him and styles are WWE guys until they retire. Um, 
what is it? What, how would you think Baron Corbin would fare? I think he would do okay. I think so too. I think he could, I could totally see him fitting in like with a, in a lot of different roles, you know, and I think he's serviceable in the ring. It was always his character. It was he always is. his character. Like he's a big athletic guy and he can, yep. he knows how to throw, he knows how to throw some moves, dude. He does. I, I think he would be great in impact. Like he would do really well there. <clears throat> yeah. I couldn't see I couldn't see Otis getting anywhere outside of WWE. No. <clears throat> not not same with Chad Gable. Yeah. But they're great at WWE. I love what they do. They're good I love at what WWE. They bring to the table. That, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that because that's a that's a big payday, but we're just answering the question. Yeah, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to draw up an epic uh, FTR versus Chad Gable and Otis match. <laughs> you know, like it's just not going to happen. And that's kind of uh, how you got to look at it. And, you know, some of these guys, it, it's it's pretty obvious where they're going to make their money and where they can. Commander yeah. Aziz, for instance, he's 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 not going anywhere. He ain't he going he anywhere. Same with Omos. He ain't going yeah. anywhere. I thought they're the same person, just on different brands. Uh, probably. <laughs> or at least the same character. Same character. But that was a good one. Thanks. Made a little bit of a head scratcher. I'm sure I'll think of, as soon as I go lay down, I'll think of 17 better examples. But Yeah, true. Retro Goat asks, I thought the match between McAfee and Corbin was enjoyable. I think McAfee is a beyond serviceable in the ring. That being said, do you think he could succeed as a full-time wrestler in WWE? I don't. I think that um, it's really hard to be a full-time wrestler, period. Yeah. It's really hard to be a full-time wrestler in WWE. I can't get my mind around any depth to his character. Like they, yeah. they use the mouth. He's a shit talker. He finds a guy to talk shit with. He talks shit against him for four weeks and they have a match and then he goes back to commentating and that's it. Right. I think keep like, him where he's keep him where it's at. Like, exactly. It's perfect. Cause like that shine's going to wear off real quick if he's featured all the time. And like you said, there's not really any more depth to his character that's needed to be a mainstay in the ring but no and we get we get more opportunities to enjoy what he does best by him being on commentary i think you get more out of him too when you use him the way they do with commentary and wrestling here and there like that's where he's most valuable i think and especially yeah so yeah he had a great match with corbin and he's had good matches but keep it where it is because remember Wrestling fans and are really fickle, and the shine the shine will wear off real quick if they see yeah. some one little deficiency. Yeah, it was funny on SmackDown. You know, again, like weird, some weird thing where Corbin couldn't be in the arena or whatever, but he bought a ticket and he was sitting right behind McAfee, like throwing popcorn at him. Oh, yeah, and he had a big had a big sign. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. But anyways, onward and upward. Tiger Pan Tang Sung. I hope I pronounced that correctly. If not, I apologize. With Liv Morgan retaining her title in a questionable finish, do you think she goes against Rousey again, or do you see a returning Charlotte Flair taking the title from her? 
Well, Xander, you've already kind of uh, you uh, spoiled the, your answer to this question yeah. already. <laughs> you feel that the move is Charlotte. The, the latter. Possibly with when Rousey's out on suspension, indefinite suspension, and then Rousey comes back to challenge her in the match that we've all been not wanting dying to see. to see. I heard that the only that Rousey wanted to drop the title to live so she didn't have to job to Charlotte. That's just what I heard. Well, I mean, I would understand that. I, I, I mean, <laughs> like that makes sense to me. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely wouldn't want to either. So, Mm-mm. and but somebody's going to do the job. Somebody has to, and it ain't Charlotte. I, yeah, I don't. I think they got what one more match in them, right? As ba- basically, it's like live like, took and- took it, cashed in, and then this last match, Rousey was kicking her ass. Yeah, and had her in the submission, but the dusty finish. So. I have faith in Triple H to to make it compelling. Yeah, see what happens. But um, to answer the question, uh, Charlotte Flair is taking the title from Liz. <laughs> Charlotte does. Flair will be. Hey, I saw a thing. Speaking of titles, uh, Cody Rhodes is on a podcast, and he said he's going to eat the fine, and he's calling them belts. Oh, not yeah, nice. Which I liked. Hey, I liked. I thought that that is a that is a, an incredibly super baby face anti hero thing to do. Absolutely. He's and if you want more super baby face anti-hero answers to your questions, you can get at me at Xander Hobbs and Instagram. That's X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Same thing on the Twitter machine. Bobby, where can they find you? Wrestleocalypse, spelled like it sounds, but you know that because you're listening to it right now. All right. And on to our match of the week. We're only going a little bit back in time to about 2007 bound for glory TNA total nonstop action wrestling. And we have Christian cage versus Samoa Joe. Yes. Both of them young and in their prime. This was 15 years ago or did not quite. Cause it was in October, but um, this was the uh, with their, when the impact had the six sided ring, eight sided ring, ring. Yeah, six one. Yeah. Six. And um, yeah, it was really good. Samoa Joe's so good. He's so yeah. savage back then. It's it, it was it was a good match to watch both of them. Like you said, in their primes. I mean, Samoa Joe was just on fire. The Joe's going to kill you, Chance and slimy Christian Cage, pretty similar to the one he's playing right now. It was a good foil for him. And um, I th- what did you think of the match? I liked it. You know, it was funny as I started watching it, and I didn't realize the storyline. And when that Matt Morgan dude came out, because he was yeah. like the special enforcer, I was like, Jesus Christ, Christian was ripped back then. That guy was on the gas. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that's not true. Okay, that makes way more sense. Oh, that guy that. was huge. Yeah, Matt Morgan, geez. Yeah, but I like the match, man. Samoa Joe, just the killer that he is. Uh, I was watching, I was kind of recapping a little bit of it right before we got started. Just like the way he throws in Zaguri's for a man his size, the the um the step up, uh just the move set in general yeah. was his, just um, so good. His suicide dive with the forearm is always good. And then my favorite too is when Christian gups up on the top and he just walks away from him. 
And like, yeah, he was good. His mannerisms and everything. That's a good match. You can check that out on Impact's YouTube channel for free, or you can go to Impact Plus and get a sub- subscription and support them. But do yourself a favor and check it out. It's a good one. Yeah, it's really good. And, and also, what? go ahead. I was going to say, and if we're lucky, perhaps we can see them run it back in AEW. No. I won't be quite the same, but. Yeah, maybe. But if you were speaking of running things back, we all hope that you went to Millennium Pro Wrestling's Friday night show last Friday, 7 p.m. bell time in Chatsworth, California. And if you didn't go to that one, no fret, because we have one this Friday, 7 o'clock, bell time, Chatsworth, California. Check them out and support all kinds of wrestling. Yes, indeed. All right, buddy. What have you been watching? I know you've got a new schedule. Have you figured out when you're going to get all your wrestling in and then also... The other stuff, the watch of the week, if you will. Well, I finally finished Stranger Things. We finally finished that one. The ending was good. It it served its purpose. So they're going to do another one. And hopefully that's the last one. We've been watching more of The Captain, uh, the Derek Jeter uh, documentary. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Honestly, I didn't know much about Jeter other than that he played shortstop for the Yankees. But the guy seems like a cool dude, like doesn't say bad things about people and just wants to win baseball games. So then um, I threw on Netflix and I hit the um, surprise me. And so it surprised me with Mean Girls. So I sat there and watched that again. And then we watched on Saturday night the UFC Pena versus Nunez uh, fight two, as Janine told me. That one was awesome. Nunez pretty much beat her up throughout the match, but to Pena's credit, she did not quit. And she almost had Nunez in an arm bar, but Nunez just wanted it. She just wanted it more because she felt like she got embarrassed in the last fight. So she ends up taking the titles. Amanda Two Belts is back. And that's what I've been watching. Very cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. One more. I'm sorry. We have one more that we're not quite finished yet. It's the most hated man on the internet on Netflix. And this is about a guy who would hack into people's emails and show naked pictures of women or men or band members. And so we're in the middle of it right now to where he's getting um, indicted by the FBI. So, and this um, group they're called anonymous came and just turned his shit upside down. They like took out all his money from his bank account, uh, erased his passport, his social security number, declared him dead in California. I guess you don't fuck with these people. These are the people that dropped the WikiLeaks and um, did a whole bunch of other shit. So we're not towards the end, but uh, we're going to, I'll fill you in once we're done with the show. (laughs) Yeah, man. Don't fuck with the hackers. No, especially if you've been using the same, especially if you've been using the same password as your pet's name, guys, come on. You Seriously. need two-factor authentic- authentication, and even that isn't as safe as it used to be. Nah, these guys know their shit, but what have you been watching? Um, so we finished up season seven of Project Runway with the winner being Seth Aaron. Um, he was really good. He This obviously was, if you'd see the picture of him, height of the emo mania of the 2000s. Um, but he... he he made really good clothes. Um, was cool dude. 
overall, um, I thought the season was really good. And then we've also been watching um, <clears throat> Chopped, and we just were still working our way through uh, Kentucky. And Eric, Adj- spoiler alert, Eric Adjapon uh, just got voted off, and now we're doing the finale um, with the, the two girls left over. So looking forward to seeing that. Um, then we've been catching up on what we do in the shadows, which has been hilarious. They do this whole thing that's just I don't want to I don't want to give it away because it's so funny, but uh, <laughs> really been really been enjoying that. And then um, again, just getting on really I this show called Fright Club is with Jack Osborne and these group. They call themselves the Ghost Brothers, and they basically have like a paranormal clip show and they talk to these people who send it in. And this last episode they have this guy who owns a house up by where the Cheryl Tate murders were and ghost adventures have been there. It's like, there's a bunch of like paranormal activity that goes down and they had um, like uh, a priest slash, you know, demonologist and he was taking it so seriously. And the guy just didn't want to hear it. He's like, no, there's nothing evil here. And it was just like patronizing him. And it was like, it was really funny to me. I thought it was hilarious, um, but it's a really funny show. They, you know, they look at all the paranormal stuff with the grain of salt. It should be looked at because some of these people are effing crazy, but yeah, that's about it. Nice, nice, nice. But you know, it's even nicer. Get rid of one yeah, Xander so style. I like getting rid of things. Yeah. We're going to get rid of some things today. And today we're going to get rid of potatoes, but hear me out. There's so many potatoes, so many ways to prepare them. So I did my top four ways that I like my potatoes prepared, and we're going to get rid of one of them. So are we getting rid of the baked potato? Are we getting rid of the scallop potato or the mashed potato or fries and that's any kind of fries like crinkle cut waffle whatever whatever your heart desires and scallop because they're kind of so it's the bit i'm getting i hate baked potatoes i can't stand baked oh, potatoes. Wow. oh the only reason to bake the only reason i've never seen anybody just take a baked potato open it up and eat it it's always got to put the poutremans on, on it. it it's just it's a vessel it's a vessel but here's something i was thinking about Cause I made rice for dinner, which is not a potato, but like I get, I make rice and then I put soy sauce on it. Right. Like pretty much every single time. That's the same thing Would, as a baked potato. Should I buy, should I buy, what if I get soy sauce flavored rice? Should, no, you can. And then it like, made me think ketchup and fries. What if you could get ketchup flavored French fries? That's But gross. I think it's, you need the liquid. You need you the need viscosity it, yeah, to, to, to make pound those fries down. Yeah. To keep the consistency. And you can also back to your rice thing real quick. You can cook your rice in any kind of broth. Yeah. That, that always works. Any kind of broth and put salt in it beforehand. Some people put butter in it. Like you can do a lot with the rice, but I'm getting rid of baked potatoes as well. Because like, I mean, I like them, but I'm never, I'm rarely in the mood for one. Like I can like, I can smash a tray of like scalloped potatoes. I can smash mashed potatoes and I love me some crinkle cut fries. So, or waffle or curly 
or shoestring, just not steak. Yeah, the steak fries are a little too much like uh like that's you know what else I don't like? I don't like uh potato skins. Like you go to Fridays and people oh, are just slamming these. I'm not the biggest fan these of dry skin. ass potato skin with like bacon bits on it. Get that well, shit their shit's fucking frozen anyway, so that shit sucks, period. But um yeah, so I'm glad that get rid of one was easy for you. I honestly thought about that from the last minute when I was getting ready for the podcast. I was hmm. like, fuck, I forgot what happens to get rid of one. I was like, what am I going to think about? So knowing my fat ass, I think about potatoes. Well, you know, it's uh, it's been a staple of the human existence and evolution. They're definitely important in a lot of uh, culture's cuisine. Yep. Hey, I forgot to tell you. So when um, we were watching the fights on Saturday, we had our friend Greg Ladney from Custom Bass Guitars sitting here watching the fights with us. And um, I just told him, hey, Greg, A, when are you going to come over for an interview? And B, where can people find you? So he gave me the second answer and said, you can find him at Ladney Custom Bass Guitars. I believe that's a dot com too. And you can have pick, pick everything out from the wood to the pickups, to everything in between, the paint that he uses to make your own sick custom bass guitar. Yeah, man. It's like <clears throat> you're just using his hands to build it, but you're really building it yourself. That's right. That's how custom it is. Absolutely. All right. So now we're in the gorilla position. We're almost down to the wire. We're warming up. We got Triple H there. He's telling us to get ready. What are you coming out to? We're coming out, I'm coming out to a song called We Built This City on Debts and Booze. This is from one of our mutually favorite bands, a Wilhelm Scream off of the what I think is their best album, Career Suicide. And it's just awesome. And I agree. We did build this city on Debts and Booze. So let's get after it. They have good riffs and good bass and good drums. See, yeah, that, I'm not mad at that pick. I like uh-huh. that whole album. I'm coming out to something a little different. 
this is this um instrumental band that comes up on my spotify or title but um they're called dance with the dead they came up on my random which i did find on spotify like so i was on a playlist so i have to give them the credit but this song's called from hell it's just got a cool beat um it kicks ass and it'd be a cool tune to come out to especially since we're coming up to halloween season Yeah, see, I think that would be cool going through like a maze or something, like having it in the background. Just cool stuff. I can, it's never too early for Halloween. If they can start dropping Christmas hints in September, I can start dropping Halloween in August. There you go. I agree. I agree. It's, it's First Amendment, bro. First Amendment. That's right. Our freedoms. Yes. Uh, speaking of freedom, since we're inside the ring, we are going to talk about how the WrestleOclipse would reset WWE if we had the book in our hands. Yes. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about the roster and that would be really the key, I think, is having um, better distribution of talent through really what I would consider the three main, like, stratus of talent right so you got main eventers you know mid carters and then i don't want to say development talent i'm talking more about like wrestlers who are going to get better and they need to be featured but only in limited amounts and usually attached to a mid card or local or yeah or a a main eventer right right um because i don't i think that's one of the big problems is like nobody knows who what they actually are or what they should be and they don't necessarily wrestle that's what i was gonna say they need to have more defined roles of where these people are and have them stay there for whatever amount of time like so you have people that you know and and it's normal don't get me wrong for main eventers to go down to the mid card you know to kind of beef that part of the card up while somebody else is you know getting the shine so i get that but do you have to have your people that you can't just have someone in the lower card one second and then to the, you know, mid card or the main event, the next, like the only reason why Liv Morgan gets a pass here is because she's the crowd has her back. 
And I think she can perform at that level. So, and they've been showing little bits and pieces of it. So that's what, that would be my starting point. Yeah. I think also I would probably change the way that, um, NXT is utilized. And I would really look at maybe not going back to the black and gold brand. And, but I really liked what they did when they were bringing some of these, this main event talent, um, main card talent to NXT for short feuds to help build and show some of the talent in NXT. Because one of the things that really has irritated me with NXT to the point that I don't really watch anymore is sometimes you just have green on green. And that's not like, I don't want to watch that, you know, that's never good. Not, not when you're on television and you're, you, you know, so that would be my other thing. I think that would also help because you would have people who can actually go and, you know, like Ziggler was great when he went down there and um, just see a little bit more of that. I think it would be good. <clears throat> I know it's, you know, not really feasible, but they got to get like, they can't have, I, I don't think having the two brands works. Nah. Well, it's not, it hasn't, it hasn't worked because they don't stick to it really. And then plus two with their divisions, they, um, there's just not enough people to utilize. There's not enough women for a tag division. And I'm sure they know, know that because they are still not running the tag belts. There's not, to me, there's not even enough room for the women to have both belts, both women's titles. What I say, this is what I've always said, is you make the world champion and the women's champion and the tag champions float between both brands if you're going to have both brands, and which is what they're doing right now. But then you can leave the U.S. T- don't they already do that? I think they already do that. Yeah, but what I was going to say is like... My bad. Um, you know, look how AEW does it with Rampage and and Dynamite. Like, it doesn't have to be this. I'm Red Bland, and I and I know why they do. Right, they do because it it's Fox and USA, and that's right. the way they're getting paid. So, I think if we're doing a hard reset and we're looking at everything, my next TV contract, I want to be with fucking Amazon or Apple. I want money, and I want to have a platform that I can build two or three weekly shows you know, utilize NXT in a different way, have a shorter raw and a short, and well, you don't, we don't need a shorter SmackDown, but, and have the talent being able to be used throughout all three programs. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And that, cause yeah, that'd be, I, I'm I could go to get on board with that. Um, I also think that like they need to, I would try to figure out a way to get away from the WWE style of wrestling. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is just have them actually call their mat most of their matches in the ring, which is what they've started to do. Like I heard the Sheamus Drew McIntyre match was good because of that. And just have have them out there, you know, of course if there's going to be big spots like prepare for that, but yeah, just have them you know, just be more free in the ring. Yeah, and then I think a lot of it is also just like kind of changing their overall branding and kind of this like 
you know, we're above professional wrestling. Right. Like be the leaders for the industry. That's what don't be, don't try to just destroy, seek and destroy and kill, but like rising tide raises all boats. And like, you know, because now we've got such a disconnect that we, we talked about earlier, where like you're a WWE guy and you may not be able to go, like, you may not be able to get the contract that Danielson got because you don't have that skill set. Because right. you came up through the performance center and you wrestled at WWE and you wrestled WWE style. And that shit ain't gonna work when you roll into fucking Ric Flair's last match at the you know Founders Hall or wherever it was. So I think that's an important part too, is like, you know, just their overall branding and the way that they've carried themselves almost like not self-aware that they are a wrestling program. No, exactly. I'd also too say play to like play more to people's strengths and, you know, and then kind of try to cover their weaknesses instead of trying to make everybody the same. If we notice that um, throughout the years, they just want everybody, the baby faces to crack jokes and then the heels to be sniveling until Roman Reigns comes. And, you know, he's, an, but he still is a, sh- a slimy heel too, because he usually cheats to win. So just make more, what was I saying again? Shit, I just lost my thought. Just play, yeah. them, play up to more of what these guys can do. You know, so like, look what they did with Reigns. This is what he, this is his wheelhouse. Don't try to make him a funny guy. So I think that helps a lot. And it gives these guys more confidence to perform instead of doing something just to see if they can sink or swim. Yeah. And, and I, and I would also kind of lastly, um, like you need to hire wrestlers. That doesn't mean you can't go get five-star college athletes or MMA mixed martial arts competitors or podcasters. Cause some of them are awesome, but like, you got to get wrestlers. Your talent has to account for the fact that like, just cause they are athletic and can do be trained to, to wrestle doesn't mean anybody's going to give a shit if they can't actually make people care. Right. Well, we always talk about, and I feel like that's the Ronda Rousey problem. That's, and that's not, it's not solely just her. Lots of people they've done that. They've seen, Oh, I'm going to bring in this ex NFL guy or whatever. And it just doesn't work. You know, it always, it doesn't always work out the way they want it to like with these athletes, because you know, a lot of these guys don't even watch wrestling and that didn't even like it. So you have to kind of get guys that are passionate about it. And like you said, wrestlers, people that want to be in that spot. Exactly. But that was a little quick snippet of how we could reset the WWE, the WrestleOcalypse style. And since we can't top that, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, Bobby B. Be kind to animals. Be kind to each other. Be kind to the planet. We're all here for one life. And we'll see you next time. Touch of your hand I 
I want you, and you know that I need you. I want. 